I think the thing that I would like people to know about me is that um, I'm I'm still very insecure and working on a lot of the things that I talk about. And I talk a lot about dismantling beauty standards. But the reason I talk about that is because I still feel so crushed by them myself. I think because I have such a strong stance, people will say to me all the time, you know, if I talk about not wearing makeup anymore, that's easy for you to say you don't wear makeup. Hi there, how's your week been? For me, it's been one, I've actually gone back to the gym. I avoided it through lockdown. I left my gym right at the beginning of lockdown, end of March, because I was just too nervous about people just not being clean in general. But I found one that's very close to my house and it just gets me out of the house. I think that's the most important thing, getting fresh air again. Like many of us, I've been doing all the at-home workouts during lockdown and I live with a personal trainer as well. So working out is definitely part of my life and it's definitely something I rely on to just feel good. But I wanted to actually get out of the house to do it. So I found this cute little gym. It's so small that I can actually see everybody in it. So I'm able to check if they're cleaning. (laughs) So, um, And I'm not a clean freak. It's just, you know, we're in a pandemic, as um, Elsa Majimbo would say. The reason that I bring up the gym is because I do feel like how we feel inside really affects how we look. And this week's guest is someone who is all about that mind-body connection as well. In fact, she is bringing out a book. I can't wait for it that's going to talk about how our minds and bodies are connected. And I think she'll also be talking about how our gut affects how we feel as well. The person that I'm talking about is Jessica Defino. She is a beauty writer like me, but her approach is so investigative. She, I think recently she said she can put weeks, if not months of research into her pieces And I always love how she'll tell people that comment on her Instagram posts, which in themselves are lengthy and really informative. But in this Instagram world, people are often very quick to just comment on the caption. And Jessica will be like, can you please come back and talk to me when you've read the article? Because the article will probably answer your questions. Um, I really admire her work. She's written for the likes of Harper's Bazaar, The Zoe Report, Allure. The list goes on like when it's beauty content, but with a difference and dare I say even a conscience, it's going to be Jessica Defino's name that you'll see. Over, I think, her nine year writing career, Jessica has really created a niche for herself as someone who doesn't believe everything big beauty is going to tell her. And she will raise the questions like, do you need all those products? Like, do you really need those 10 steps? One of the reasons I really wanted to get her on the show is because recently she, in her Instagram story, she shared a screenshot of a beauty influencer's post and it's a major influencer and influencer isn't even the right word. This this person is an expert who has become an influencer and Jessica didn't tag her. She just, she just wanted to show the image to say, guys, you don't need all of these products. So then I shared that story in my stories just to say, this is why I like Jessica's work because she's someone that gives an informed opinion. She does not just react. And I had people responding to my, to my story. Some were like, yeah, but you know, I like buying stuff or I, you know, I feel like I need these products. And 
somebody else was like, but you sharing that, doesn't it mean like they kind of took a negative connotation from it. And I said, look, I've been writing about beauty and talking about beauty for years and I will never pretend that I'm an authority. And I don't even say that of my guests, you know, for me, this show is about conversations and you can be an expert, you can have a beauty brand, or you can be somebody that works in the library. Like for me, it's all about the guests and I'm here to discuss and listen, but also share opinions. And that's what I do on my stories as well. I share things that I find interesting and I want my guests to know that when they come onto Beauty Me, that it's a safe space and they can just be themselves. Like I have an hour with them. I want the truth. So in this episode, I really wanted to find out how Jessica got to be who she is. I wanted to find out, did she kind of create this persona of almost anti-beauty? I think in her Instagram bio, it says something about the beauty writer that doesn't use beauty or something along those lines. And I wanted to ask her, you know, did you set that up intentionally to kind of create your own tribe? I wanted to ask her why she went the natural route. I wanted to ask her how she deals with people constantly coming for her because it can get tiring no matter how strong or opinionated people might think you are. So I really hope you enjoy this one. Definitely get in touch in the DMs and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty, our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. I'm obsessed with people's morning routines. So from the minute you open your eyes, what are you doing? Okay, so my bed faces a giant window. So I have the curtains drawn at night, but the first thing I do when I wake up is open up the curtains. I love to wake up with the sun and I'll just lay in bed for a little bit. I have um, incense next to my bed. So I normally just like light a stick of incense and lay around. I know you're not supposed to be on your phone in bed, but I am all the time. So the first thing I'll do is normally like pick up my phone, check my emails, check Instagram. Not my best habit, but I do it. Well, I just love that you're honest about it because I think I feel like somebody like you could be held to very high standards, you know what I mean, for what you write about, you know, the beauty industry, but you're still a human being. So (laughs) that makes me feel good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's helpful to to be shamey about those tech habits. Like, they're so addicting. Like, they truly are, like, actually physically addicting and, like, it's great to break those habits, but if you can't, it's very understandable. <laughs> and, and so then I'll come downstairs. I'll put my coffee on. I'll start brewing my coffee. I always make a fresh celery juice in my juicer. My fridge is like always stocked with celery, just so much celery. Um, so I'll do that. And then I'll have my coffee. If I'm still hungry, I'll make a smoothie. And I normally drink my coffee or drink my smoothie sitting outside if it's nice out. I love to just sit in the sun. I soak up like 15 minutes of sun, 20 minutes of sun per day. That's part of my um, get those vitamin D levels going, get a little bit of a glow on. 
And then if I am feeling it, I'll meditate in the morning. Sometimes I'm just like antsy and I want to get my day started. So I'll go right into work and save meditation for nighttime. But that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my routine. You do have a beautiful view. Do you live like on the water somewhere? Yeah. So I feel very lucky right now. I am staying at my grandparents' old shore house in New Jersey on the Jersey Shore. Um, so I'm living on a lagoon. So this was the house that like my brothers and sisters and I used to come to in the summers, like on the weekends. And our whole family would stay here. And my grandparents had a boat and we would go out on the water. And um, since they passed, it's been open and we would like rent it out. And it just so happened that when I moved back to New Jersey, the renters were leaving. So I'm, um, I'm staying here for the foreseeable future. I'm, I'm writing a book right now. So I'm treating it as like a writer's retreat and just letting myself enjoy the water and being immersed in nature and having this like beautiful, relaxing space to write in. And I feel so, so lucky. Oh, you you are because I love looking at your stories. It's just <laughs> I love water anyway. So to see that every day, I think it's almost like it makes you feel like the day's going to be okay. You know, it's so true. There's like there's nothing better um, to me than just staring out at the water and the little waves rippling. And there's a family of swans that comes almost every day that I'll feed, and just like seeing them is so just beautiful and relaxing to me it makes me feel like everything's okay everything's yeah. okay right and I know you like to let the local cat in as well and yes there's like a stray who always comes to my door every morning that's part of my morning routine now normally I'll come down the stairs from bed and he's just sitting at the, the glass door the back door <laughs> waiting so I'll open up the door okay come in <laughs> I'm having my breakfast so it's a little bit of a zoo over here <laughs> No, I love that. It sounds like the perfect place to be, especially during these times when it's like there's a lot going on in the world and you just need to de-stress because that's a major issue in our lives, like especially when it comes to skin, yeah. you know. But so you talked about your morning routine. I'm relieved to hear about the phone thing, but you didn't mention skincare in there anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, I know. I don't really do in the morning okay you know my routine is very minimal like part part of my ethos is like the less you put on your face the better more products more problems Mm -hmm. and um I will do my skincare routine at night and you know it's not like I'm sleeping in a pile of dirt or anything like my skin's fine in the morning it doesn't need to be cleansed um I usually have like you know whatever happens overnight oil production it's got some nice them on there sealing in my natural hydration and moisture I don't really need to do anything to it and I don't wear a ton of makeup so most days I'm wearing no makeup and I don't have to do skincare until the nighttime. we're definitely going to get into that hole because to me that's that's what makes you who you are the <laughs> the less is more but I really like to find out because obviously that is part of you that is like you're an amazing beauty writer reporter like you get to the heart of things you're not someone that's just gonna write about a product because you got sent it like I can see the amount of work that you put in but I wanted to know where does that where did that come from were you always this way or has writing about beauty turned you into this person that's more into let's strip these things away yeah 
Um, I, growing up, I was never super into skincare. I did like the things that everybody does. So I used like the Neutrogena oil-free acne wash and the St. Ives Apricot Scrub. And I think I used like Aveeno for everything. I used Aveeno cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen. Um, so it wasn't anything fancy, but I always did a lot and I wore a lot of makeup. Um, and I always kind of had problem skin and I've been to dermatologists a ton. I was on Accutane. I was on antibiotics. I was on all the medicated ointments and creams. Um, so I had a lot going on in my face at all times. And then my simpler approach started probably in my mid twenties. I developed dermatitis and dermatitis is kind of like this catch all phrase for, we don't really know what's causing this irritation, but you're irritated. And the go-to treatment for that is topical steroids. So I was on topical steroids for two years and they worked amazing. Like the dermatitis was gone pretty much as soon as the steroids touched my face. But the problem was the more I applied the steroids, the more I needed the steroids. Like the dermatitis was getting stronger and stronger and stronger because it just wanted to manifest. It wanted to be there. And the more I suppressed it, the stronger it got. So it got to the point where um, the steroids stopped working. It triggered this like mega case of dermatitis. My whole face was covered in this red, scaly, oozy, peeling skin. And there's nowhere to go from steroids. You know, there's not a stronger treatment. There's nothing you can do. And because my skin was so sensitive, it went through something called skin atrophy, which is like the thinning of the skin due to steroids. It couldn't handle anything. Um, so I, I didn't really have a choice. I just had to kind of stop using everything because my skin couldn't handle it. So I started to research more, you know, one, what was actually happening to my skin, um, two, what maybe natural, simple products could help soothe it or heal it, and three, was there anything I could do internally that didn't require a topical product that would help strengthen and heal my skin? And through that research, you know, it kind of blew my mind. I, I realized how the skin is inherently meant to function and how it really takes care of everything that we rely on products for um, on its own. If, if left to its own devices, it, it does the cleansing. It does the moisturizing. It does the exfoliating. It does the healing. Like, we don't need to do a ton. Um, and then I also found that the most healing things I could do for my skin were things like um, switch up the things that I was eating and make sure I was giving my skin these essential nutrients that it needs. Not so much about like cutting out certain foods, but like adding skin healthy foods to my regimen. Um, Lymphatic drainage was a big one. So doing a lot of facial massage, um, a lot of body massage. Um, Sweating. Sweating is so good for the skin. So I started working out a lot. Um, Working out also helped with lymphatic drainage as well. So it's like overall great for the skin. Um, And then more kind of mindful practices like meditation, which is scientifically proven to strengthen the skin barrier and um, developing a gratitude practice to kind of help me deal with what was happening to my skin. Um, And through all of that, I found this wealth of information, all scientifically backed, that helped me heal my skin on my own, helped me help my skin heal itself. And I started realizing, man, 
everything I've done to my skin for the past 25 years has gotten it to this point. And the answer is actually nothing. And science actually says the answer is nothing too. And why isn't the beauty industry giving us this information? And then I realized, (laughs) well, because it's an industry that wants to sell us stuff. And that kind of became my mission to start working in the beauty industry and get some of this information out there. So all of those things you've just said, it sounds like work. You know, it sounds like you have to be dedicated. Like what made you take that tack was it because you are naturally drawn to drawn to like researching things or was it that you just had enough and you really wanted to put that effort in because it does sound like dedication I always say um, vanity was my entry point to wellness I I was desperate I like I said I had used a lot of makeup I was very into like the 50s pinup look. So every day I was wearing full face foundation, you know, liquid cat eye eyeliner, yeah. big mascara, red lipstick. Like I had a look and I didn't realize how much of my identity was based on having that look and feeling beautiful and um, putting on kind of a show and putting on a face. And when dermatitis took that away from me you know I couldn't wear makeup and I didn't feel beautiful and my skin was literally peeling off of my face in public you know I couldn't I couldn't even wear makeup to work I remember going into work one day and a co-worker in the elevator he said to me are you contagious yeah I heard that I, said, when you, I heard that when you're uh, on naked beauty and I was just like wow yeah it was <laughs> it was devastating for someone who had built so much of their identity and worth and self-esteem on my outside appearance. And I didn't realize at the time how dependent I was on that. But when it was taken away, I was like, I will do anything. I will do anything to heal my skin and get back to looking normal and being able to wear makeup again. Um, Even if that thing is like crystal healing okay, I'll try it. Even if that thing is like a woo-woo meditation practice with a mantra, I'll try it. And the beautiful thing was that that desperation that led me down these more, you know, maybe unconventional paths, um, the, the, the path brought me to a place where I didn't need to fulfill that original desperate need. You know, when I got to the place where I had healed my skin, I didn't need to wear makeup anymore. I didn't need to build my identity and my sense of self-worth on what I looked like. Um, I was able to shed all of that and really, you know, love myself for who I am without putting on this persona every day, without relying on my outside appearance to to bolster my self-confidence and my self-esteem. So it was kind of an ironic twist because... Mm-hmm. I got into it for a very different reason than what I came away from it with. It's so interesting because it's like everything you say, I totally get it. And I, but I know like I've had issues with my skin and I know it's like you say you, you get into that because that's the face you put out there. You know, it's like, and even if it's not a lot of makeup, it's still your representation of what you feel is suitable for yeah. going out. And it's like, it's annoying because it's it shouldn't matter and for whatever reason 
it's been made to matter. The way we wear our hair is apparently an indication of we're trustworthy. You know, I feel that it's amazing that you've come to that. Another thing I like about you is you can be, you're super honest with your audience. I love it when you're like, guys, please read the article, not just the caption. And your (laughs) captions are like other people's books. Like you, you give so much information, like, but I always wanted to know, because like, I think on social media, for instance, there's definitely this thing about creating a tribe. And a lot of people, when they want to create a tribe, they kind of like choose an industry and, you know, break it up or say they're going to expose it. And I always wondered, was that something you'd ever set out to do? Or is it literally just like, you know, I'm just trying to share what I know and be just bring an honesty to it? It's been an interesting um, path for me there because I think at first, when I first started working in the beauty industry and getting my first gig writing, um, I very much wanted to build an audience and I very much wanted to be like the authority on clean beauty. So I, I came into the industry being like, I'm going to blow the lid off this thing. You don't need any product. And then I kind of got brainwashed by it again but just within like the beauty space I mean the clean beauty space and the natural beauty space and I had these brands sending me all of these products all these expensive luxurious natural clean products that I was like oh my god I can't believe I get to try these things and I get to try them for free and like oh my god and I tried to curate my Instagram to be you know the typical like influencer shelfie of all of these like beautiful clean natural products that I had and and the thing that happened was my skin flared up again. My skin got so much worse and it just reinforced this intuition and this knowledge that I had like, okay, no matter how clean and natural the product is, you don't need 50 products. You don't need to be trying all of this stuff. So once that, like I, once I had that confirmation again, like this is not the move, I kind of let go of, creating this audience or creating this like online Instagram persona and was like, I'm just going to share the truth. I'm just going to, I'm not going to, you know, pander to brands. I'm not going to collaborate with brands, no matter how clean and natural they are. Like I want to be completely detached from any sort of sense of obligation to a product or a brand or an audience or marketing or whatever it is. Um, and I think, I think people are getting to a point where they really resonate with that. And, um, that's been the the best thing for like my, the growth of me as a writer and my profile is just like, oh, people didn't want the, another Shelfie account anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, they don't need it. And I think if anything, they do need the information because, um, about a week ago, you had shared a screenshot of it was one of Caroline Heron's posts. You didn't tag her or anything like that. You weren't coming for her, but you were like, you don't need these. And you, because you always provide the information, you're like, yep, she knows her science, blah, 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 blah. But you were literally trying to say, your skin does not need all these things. And just me reposting it, I got people saying to me, yeah, but that's Caroline and da, 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 and or some people are like, well, you know what? That's really interesting. And I was like, yes, it is. And that, that's all I want you to feel because I'm 
I've been writing about beauty for about 15 years, but it was definitely, I would say the first half was definitely more on the surface. And as I got into it, I actually realized I prefer people and stories and it can be about beauty. And um, I just had to say to this person that commented, like, that's the person that I want to be. I want to share. So I want to share Jessica's side and I follow Caroline anyway. I'll probably share a Caroline post another week. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you don't have to just be one way. And I think that's the hard part. Cause I do think it's like, I was reading your piece on the microbiome, skin microbiome. And it, it was refreshing. I was like, you know, I could get rid of all these things because it's a lot. Even I wanted to ask you like, when you do decide to try a product, because obviously I'm sure you do still use some products sometimes. Yeah. How do you go about testing things? Because I'm, I always feel this pressure, like how long is a good amount of time to test something before you have to test the next thing? What would you, how do you normally go about it? Yeah, luckily I've gotten to a point where I don't have to test anything for um, writing purposes or for reporting purposes. Like I'm very rarely reporting on how a product works for my skin. So if I'm testing or trying anything, it's simply for the health and well-being of my own skin. Um, And I kind of think of, my sensitivity because my skin is very still very thin from the steroids two years later um i think of my sensitivity as a blessing now and if something doesn't work for me i will know right away so i don't test a lot because i found what works but when i do try a new product i'll know if it is okay for my skin um within a day or two of using it because it's so sensitive because my skin is so sensitive and i'll have a reaction right away Um, yeah, so I don't, I honestly, I don't switch up my routine that much. And before I do, I always research the ingredients, um, very in depth and I won't use anything that has more than like maybe 10 ingredients tops. Um, you see with a lot of, with all products, but with natural and clean products, it always surprises me that you'll flip it around and yeah, all the, all the ingredients are natural and clean, but there's 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need 50 of them. You need a few, maybe, maybe if you need anything at all. Um, and especially if you're sensitive, when you're using a product with that many ingredients, it makes it really hard to track down what's actually triggering you. Yeah. Um, so for me, I like to keep it as few products as possible with as few ingredients as possible. Um, and then it's really easy to pinpoint what could possibly be triggering me or what could possibly be really working for me. So it probably seemed like I went around the houses just then when I brought in the Caroline here and thing, but it's basically just trying to say it's like um, all information I think needs to be seen. I think right now, I think in the beauty community, it can be a very one, one direction and everybody's an expert as well these days it's like if they have an account with over ten thousand followers suddenly they're a beauty Mm -hmm. expert and I think there's a lot of potentially dangerous information out there so yeah I do appreciate how like you weren't like you don't attack but you definitely say no you know this is yeah and it's very (laughs) rare like with the the Caroline thing very rare that I'll actually tag somebody I don't ever want to start drama I don't ever want to start a debate I never like comment on people's Instagrams that I disagree with and I'm like that's actually wrong I don't 
I try not to do that because it's not about like getting into a debate or stirring any drama. That's so stressful for me. Not good for my skin. <laughs> so I just try to share the information as I see it because the, the thing about debating beauty is that you, you can debate it. There will always be science to back up both sides. Um, and it's like I pointed out on that post, like a lot of influencers are very knowledgeable about the science of how certain ingredients work and how ingredients can manipulate your skin to look a different way. Whether that's you want to reduce wrinkles or clear hyperpigmentation or, you know, get rid of a pimple really quickly. That's not the science that I'm interested in. The science that I'm interested in is, is the inherent function of the skin and how the skin and the body and even the mind collaborate to create these reactions and how you can reach some of those goals without products by supporting your skin rather than suppressing it or manipulating it. So if you want to debate back and forth with scientifically backed arguments, you, you can. It just depends what, what kind of science you care about, the science of manipulating the skin or the science of supporting the skin. And I'm always in support of supporting the skin. Yeah, I have to say, when I was reading your piece on, on the microbiome, I was like, why am I using all these things to do all these things? But <laughs> she's saying it does it anyway. It's like, it's a waste of money, but also a waste of time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people put skincare into self-care, but I think perhaps the average person would rather get that half an hour back to just like meditate right. or have a nap. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what someone said to me recently. Um, they commented on a post. Well, I like skincare because I like the ritual of it. And I said, that's great. If you like the ritual of it, though, consider how you can create ritual for yourself that's not dependent on product. Because a ritual doesn't have to be product-based. It can be person-based. Maybe your ritual is massaging your face with your fingers or a gua sha stone or something, you know, maybe your ritual is um, deep cleansing with Manuka honey for, for five minutes in the morning, instead of slathering on 10 different products. Um, I think there is something to loving the ritual of, of skincare. But when we confuse ritual with putting on products, I think that's where things can get a little tricky, like that, that's not the only way to create ritual. When you were growing up, what was like your first interaction with beauty? Was it someone in your family or the media? I was exposed to makeup and occasions to wear makeup from a very young age. So I did like pageants, like beauty pageants when I was like no. five, six, like, okay. yeah, Miss Petite, New Jersey and things like that. <laughs> um, so I, my mom didn't put me in like, over-the-top makeup or anything, but I remember using, like, the clear um, Maybelline Great Lash Mascara on my eyelashes and brows and getting the CoverGirl Cheeker blush and lipstick. And then I was also very into community theater. So I started doing, like, community theater plays when I was maybe seven or eight up until I was a teenager, and I got to wear stage makeup, you know? And so I think from a very young age, I associated makeup and beauty with playing a part or being on display, or being seen, or having to create this character. And I think that view of, of beauty really influenced 
later in life when I became obsessed with like the 50s pinup look. And it was like every morning I painted on this character and that, okay, this is Jessica. I can be Jessica now. And yeah, I think that's very, very much based in pageantry and theater. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I used to dance when I was younger and I had to wear yeah the makeup. And I think that definitely, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but it definitely set me on that thing of, well, you need to make the best of yourself, which is makeup and hair so you came to deciding like to go like the more natural route through your skin but so there was nothing while you were growing up that kind of got you going in that direction anyway you know like manuka honey and like the yoga as a face mask and there's nothing in your background growing up that kind of led to that no it was very um very showy very dramatic very over the top um and I'm very, you know, for skincare medication based, I started going to a dermatologist probably at 14. Um, I went on the pill at 15 to help with my acne. Um, all of that. I never even considered that there was a natural approach. I just trusted the doctors. So now would you say that you feel just more comfortable and more happy from taking this approach, would you say? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's a it's a journey and it's a never-ending thing. So I don't feel comfortable in my skin 100% of the time, um, maybe even 50% of the time. I still have very um, temperamental skin. I'm broken out constantly because I'm still healing from the steroids. And obviously, this is a super stressful time for all of us. And, you know, I can feel it in my body and on my skin. And it's not easy to feel comfortable and and confident when that's going on. And we're living in this society that is so image-based and I'm working in an industry that's so image-based. But the thing I try to tell myself is that I can put the effort into completely manipulating my skin and covering it with makeup and trying to make myself look differently to feel better, or I can put that same amount of effort into detaching from my outside appearance and meditating and getting in touch with my inner self and learning to value that rather than what's on the outside. So like, I'm not there, but I would rather put the effort into my inner self than my outer self. You're going to have to put in effort and it's going to be a struggle either way. (laughs) And I would just rather put in the effort the other way. Yeah. So it's funny because, um, you really got me thinking recently. I think I'd mentioned it. I DM'd you once saying, because one of my questions used to be the same question that Brooke of Naked Beauty would ask at the end. When do you feel you're most beautiful? And you had mentioned about it. Well, let me just preface this. Basically, when I ask people, I think I've had about 40 odd guests now, it's you think it's just a question, you know, you're asking someone, when do you feel you're most beautiful? And I would say 30, 40% of those people, not everybody is going to answer instantly. A lot of people seem to struggle answering the question and feel uncomfortable because like you just said, maybe not even 50% of the time. So you made me, I think you'd commented on, it's a, is it, you say it's a feeling rather than I'm trying to think how you said it. You, yeah. 
It had it had come up for you. Beautiful is not a feeling. Like it's a label that's put on by others. Exactly. So, like a, a feeling would be joyful or content or comfortable. Beautiful is yeah. It's an outward thing. It's a it's a different lens. It's an an outward somebody else is looking at you, and I feel beautiful. But like. But yeah, you can't you can't feel beautiful without the context of beauty that is put on you by the yeah. rest of the world. You honestly, you really and you really, really made me think. So I decided to change the question to when do you feel the most you? So in your and even now, I'm still trying to find the right words because I do think we all have this moment. Like for me, it's if I'm in the sun and I'm on the beach I feel so inherently like me because there's the waves and the sun, there's no makeup, hair's a mess, the salt water. And I feel like the most me. Um, So that's how I've thought I'm just going to change it. So what is that for you? What is that feeling for you when you're just Jessica? Mm -hmm. I think mine is very similar to yours. Um, This summer I took up paddle boarding because like I said, I'm living on a lagoon. And so I'll paddleboard out of the lagoon and into the bay and it's just me on the water and there's, there's swans around, there are ducks around, there are birds flying all over the place. And it's just this peaceful moment where I feel so immersed in nature and connected to the water and just like, you know, going with the flow and being led down this beautiful bay and I've had so many peaceful moments and so many like deep realizations, like on the paddleboard. Like I like wrote a whole article in my head <laughs> on the paddleboard one time. And I was like, Oh my God, this is wow. this is better than thinking in the shower. You know, that can't have been it's- the microbiome one. That is just too, <laughs> too detailed. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you with all your followers, your readers, what is the one thing that you would like people to know about you that they're not going to get from all these things? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I, I think the thing that I would like people to know about me is that um, I'm, I'm still very insecure and working on a lot of the things that I talk about. And I talk a lot about dismantling beauty standards but the reason I talk about that is because I still feel so crushed by them myself. I think because I have such a strong stance, people will say to me all the time, you know, if I talk about not wearing makeup anymore, that's easy for you to say you don't wear makeup. It's not easy for me to say because I like fight against these outside pressures every day. And part of what fuels my work is still feeling very much affected by all of these outside marketing messages that are fed to us by the beauty industry. So yeah, I'd, I'd like everyone to know, like I'm still working on it too. I love that. What advice would you give to somebody that's maybe trying to shake off this whole societal pressure of just like putting on a face and is there any advice you can give? Oh, it's such a loaded topic, but I think, just asking why, why do I 
feel I need to do this certain thing? Why do I feel I need my skin to look this way? Um, who is profiting off of this? Who first put this information out there? And when you start digging and asking why, 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 you realize so much of what we believe to be true about our skin and our bodies and, you know, even our place in the world has come from marketing, from people who want us to buy a certain product and buy into a certain way of life. Or it's come from, you know, living under a, in a patriarchal society that benefits when, when women or gender nonconforming people or anyone really is subscribed to this certain standard and they are chasing their whole lives to meet this standard. You know, when you think about the things that we're told are beautiful, um, youth, poreless skin, these are physical impossibilities. You are going to be chasing that for your entire life. You can't erase your pores and you can't stop aging. And in the pursuit of those things, you are constantly buying products. You are constantly, you know, getting procedures done. You're constantly consumed with thinking about that and feeling poorly about yourself because you haven't achieved these things. And all of that is to benefit somebody. The powers that be stay in power when you are consuming and consumed. And for me, that's been a huge um, teacher is when I feel bad about my skin or bad about the way I look or I want to change something, I think who profits off of this and who benefits from me feeling this way. And usually that gets me angry enough to kind of fight off the urge myself. Thanks so much for listening. Take a minute to like, subscribe, perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast, or you can follow my personal account, which is at Sharice.Kenyon. Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests, and I'll see you next week.